Hello, TuneIn listeners. As always, I am your host, Keila Parkinson, and you are listening to TuneIn, radio for your mind, body, and soul. And for your loom. (laughs) I said loom because (laughs) you're the laughing. We have on the show today this wonderful guest, Chris Acton. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hello, Keila. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, so good. So good and so glad to have you on the show. And I am trying to, even though we already connected on this, I'm trying to situate so that I get to to hear your voice perfectly in our record. Okay. okay. So, um, okay. yes, we are talking about the loom. And if you um, are someone who is familiar with um, handmade items, then when I say loom, you know we're talking about weaving. And Chris Acton is a weaver. She is a local weaver here in Valparaiso, Indiana. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you know that we broadcast from Valparaiso, Indiana uh, on our host station, WVLP, and we also stream around the world, of course, on WVLP.org and, of course, at our podcast, and we love to feature local people because it's a community radio station, it's a community show, we feature mindfulness in all the ways, and how much more mindful can you get when you are doing something intentional and art making and with love and with intention again with their hands right putting everything mm-hmm. into it chris is nodding her her head vigorously she's so right i know she's because this is the life she lives and i got to oh my gosh i got to hear this wonderful story that she has for how she decided to do this and to make this like her life and so i feel like chris we should start there we should start sure. with um, what did you used to do and and how did you at all find a segue into what you do today? <laughs> it is pretty <laughs> random, isn't it? It's, I love uh, it. It's so it's not, such a great story. There's not a lot of weavers out there, I'm afraid. <laughs> it is uh it is it is a lost start in a lot of ways. So, yes. Uh, my story really begins um Growing up, I grew up with very crafty women. My grandma was a home ec teacher and my mom was um, a great seamstress. And so we always grew up making things that was important. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I made my prom dress, which is ironic because wow. I, I hate to say it now, but, uh, you, but so. you know, for Christmas, <laughs> right? Yeah. I hate to say it now. Uh, but for Christmas, you know, we would make gifts and that was special that you made it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that was always something that was kind of instilled in me. Uh, from a very young age. And I just like to work with my hands. That's something I've always enjoyed doing. So, you know, life, I, um, (laughs) I went to college for a uh, music performance and interior design double major at IU, go Hoosiers. (laughs) And, uh, and after college, then being the practical one, I thought, well, I'm going to use my interior design and I'm going to work in the corporate world because mm. I knew I was never going to do residential. That was never, it was never going to be my cup of tea. Okay. So I ended up working for a series of uh, steel case dealerships, which, you know, steel case does all the little cubicles and ah. that was kind of my entry into all that. Okay. So I have and to stop you right there, Chris, were you sure. designing yeah. the, the, the way that the, they fastened together? Were you designing inside the cubes? No. What were you designing? <laughs> She's no, like, no, 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 no. Oh, you're so cute to think it was that creative. You're so right? cute. Yes. No, it was not. I was not doing any of that. Kira. Oh, man. Uh, I, I was basically um, at, at, I worked with a salesperson who would go okay. into a blank space and mm. say, I need 80 cubes. And I would be the one who would lay it out and order the parts. That was my job. Oh, that sounds soul deadening for an artist. This, <laughs> no, this was not. 
this is not a wildly creative position. Not even yeah, a little bit. Not right. <laughs> so, so my job, I started out in South Carolina where I, my family lived for high school. And after college, I was there for a number of years. And, and through a very strange series of events, I was offered a job in Chicago, which my parents had already lived at. They already live up here. Okay. At that. Nice. So I got a job there. I was with the dealership for exactly one year. And okay. at that time, then one of my clients was a, a mutual fund company. They had an in-house designer. And so I jumped ship and I worked for them. Nice. Now, turns out that company was all under the Morgan Stanley umbrella, which was also the same as Discover Card at the time. Ah, right. So, so ultimately, um, years later, then I um, switched over to Discover Card. So I had a corporate gig for many, many years doing, uh, I was in the facilities department, okay. but my job was, I was considered a designer, but that sounds much more creative and glamorous than yeah, it actually again, was. It was, a, it was a customer service it was gig. Customer and I was service. good at it. Mm-hmm. I, I like to clarify, I was, I was good yeah. at that customer service gig, but it was in fact customer service. And for me, I just wanted to make stuff. Yeah. I just, that was really where my heart was. And I just kept thinking, this is all fine and good and pays yeah. the bills and it's lovely, but I, but when, I just want to make When things. do I get to create? Yeah. And now one thing I want to, you know, you shared with me before that this piece, you know, I'm so used to talking to people about like, oh, I said soul deadening, right? Like it's soul deadening. And you, move, you know, you're, you're so good at connecting with people. And so you were like, yes, I was good okay. at the customer service part. And, the, and I'm sure that was fulfilling to some degree. One part of your story that to me is unique from people I know who have left corporate is you were like, I didn't hate it. I left on a good, you know, on good footing. I decided to go. I had served my time and I enjoyed it and I was done. That's so cool. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yes. That's exactly. That's a good summary, Keila. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So as I was sitting in my um, corporate job, uh, I uh, I was just bored. I was mm. just like, I have I have done what I can do. I have no interest in, in going up any ladder. None of that. Okay. And, and I, uh, thought, you know, it's time for me to take a class, time for me to learn something new, Mm. to spark something fun and different. And my parents are both retired teachers, by the way, you should know. So when you get bored and yes, you learn a class. (laughs) Love it. Good. uh, At the same time, I was kind of rolling around the idea of, do I go back to school? Do I look for like a, an MFA, like a master's in Mm -hmm. fine arts? And as I was kind of exploring that option, I looked around at the different programs and uh, I'm horrible with a paintbrush. So that was never going to happen. I'm not really a 3D person. You know, there's so many things I kind of ruled out. Mm. But some of these places had fiber textile programs. And as I looked through the curriculum, all of them had a weaving class in common. And I thought, I love yarn. Why Why don't I take a class just to try it out beforehand? So I signed up for a weaving class at TLD Design Center in Westmont, Illinois. Okay. With Beck. And it was love at first sight. Mm. It was really, she had this room full, she has currently, she has multiple locations now, but she has this room full of looms of all shapes and sizes. And it was basically a private lesson. It was myself and one other person. And we were learning how to start from from zero and a loom and weave a project and the whole thing. And I was like, yep, this is for me. This is, I can do this all day long. And that's how amazing. That's how I kind of made the leap. And at that point, um, I I felt like 
I wasn't married. I don't have kids. I I was renting. Like, talk about as free as you can get. Yeah, cool. And so I just kept thinking, well, if I am ever going to leave the corporate lifestyle and do something different, drastically different, mm-hmm. I'd, let's do it. So three years after I took my first class, basically, I left the corporate, the corporate grind and uh, moved out to Indiana and with family and have been pursuing weaving since then. So I, lo- I love this whole story. And um, what what listeners aren't getting, first of all, is um, how wonderful your energy is. And so one thing I want to say to our listeners is we are going to get to see Chris's lovely face, like being at the loom, connecting with us even more because she's going to give us some special content for tune in listeners in video format, which is really exciting. So we're going to have a link. So check out the show notes if you're listening on a podcast and if you are listening on the radio, be sure to hit us up at our Facebook page because we'll put the link there too. It's facebook.com slash tune in mindful radio. And you'll see the link to Chris Acton's post. And I'm so excited because she does this great regular, I think you use Facebook live for this, right? She does a regular weekly connection with her followers and her, um, I think students and all kinds of people, right? And, and fellow weavers called Live at the Loom. And it's so cool. And she's always drinking our tea, which I'm drinking my tea now too. Shout right. out to the tea. <laughs> yeah, cheers. And it's so cool. Cheers. And I love it, you know. And, um, and so you get so much great insight into how fun it is for Chris to be present at her loom and also how she makes it even more fun for herself by engaging with people because this is a craft that can be very isolating right and so you get to go kind of back and forth and like you're alone you're with the loom you're with the art you're meditative about it and then you also get to interact with people a lot of weavers will maybe do tours or they teach classes or you know my I've told you before, I have very limited um, connection with this. I have my aunt has a friend who actually has a whole loom room and she's a great fabric artist. And then I, you know, grew up going to all kinds of tours at Connor Prairie in Fishers, Indiana and see how people did it back in the day. Right. Which has, it has not changed. No, it's the same. It's the same same tool. It's so cool. So, um, so, okay. So I'm so excited about so many ways we can take this, but the first place I would love for listeners to go to kind of really connect to your energy and how mindful you are with connecting to this craft is the yarn. You said, I love yarn. I'm like, that is a sentence I don't hear very often. (laughs) (laughs) No, unless cats could speak maybe. Right. But so tell me. What do you love about yarn? Like, t- like, describe the yarn. Describe what you like about yarn. Because then we're going to know. Oh, Keila, how much time do you have? <laughs> I know. I love this. This is what I love. So, listeners, for a second, yeah. if you're like, I can't even, what? Like, right? Because, I mean, you may not be. You may be like, yeah, let's talk about yarn. But I feel like, as Chris said, this is unique because there aren't a lot of weavers in the U.S., right? I think, I imagine globally there aren't a lot of weavers, right? But um, when someone has a passion for something, it really shines through. And this is where, if you have a passion for something, let's connect to Chris's words while we're listening for a second. Okay, go for it. (laughs) Absolutely. I think, well, you know, yarn is so connected to weaving. The two of them, I mean, they're hand in hand. And for me, I have always been a color person. Mm. Mom is a retired elementary school teacher, and so we always got a box of crayons for road trips or whatever. Yes. So always coloring, always playing with colors, and uh, I have this great love for any kind of um, colors, even the textures of the yarn. That's really something that's kind of come later in my life, but mm. 
Uh, I remember taking this one class in college with uh, William Itter was the teacher at the time. And it was a color and design class. Mm. And he had us do all of these relationships with colors. Mm. And that, when I think back, I'm like, that led to weaving. Because when you think about weaving, it is all about relationships. Mm. Because the yarn's going one direction. They're under tension. Those are the warp yarns always interact with the weft yarns that are in the shuttle. Ah. And so you can create a beautiful set of yarns going one direction, but they don't stand alone. You have to put the yarns going the other direction. So weaving is all about relationships, which ties back into what yarn are you using? What kind of colors? What I was talking about, what personality do you want your piece to have? If you want it to be fun and playful, you can use uh, a bright red but you can also use that bright red to make something that's serious or classic or yeah. something it's all about the personality and yarn allows you to do that uh depending on if you're using a skinny yarn a fat yarn there's just so yes. much i think dimension to it uh it's the size it's uh there's there's just so many elements to working with yarn and i think uh when it comes to weaving part of why it's so i think um, unique is that when you think about crafts that have been around forever and ever and ever weaving and pottery, th- those are the ones like as yes. long as we've had people, <laughs> right? So those are, those are the things. And it, it's the same process. Uh, I mean, I work on a multi shaft loom, mm-hmm. which means it's a little more complicated, but I, I like to whip out my potholder loom just like the next person. And hey, that is cool. still, that still counts. That is still weaving. And yes, it is right. just, I think, amazing how the process is the same for, you know, this is thousands of years now. It's and true. Yeah, yeah, to be connected to that is really special. You know, and I, I feel like, I, I, I may be wrong about this because I don't know my timeline of like, you know, the art and the art making, but I feel like, it's even older than carpentry, right? Because with carpentry, we had to have somewhat more advanced tools and weaving was done without the big loom initially, right? Mm-hmm. We talk baskets and like, yeah. right? Yeah. Leaves and mats, right? Like when we think about if you, Chris was doing this great like example with her hands, but she was saying, what are the terms again? The the wet, the weft? The, the warp, uh, those are the yarns that are under tension. Okay. So in your pot holder, Okay. Those, yes. are the, those are the loops you start with. Those okay. are the warp yarns and then the weft yarns, which it used to be called the woof. That's the other thing. Weaving oh. is so old, there's like alternate names I love for that. things. So cool. So, yes. uh, so, yeah, the warp and the weft is what we call it okay. now, but it's, uh, it used to be called the, the woof. But those are the, whatever yarn is in your shuttle that you're tossing back and forth. Yes. Okay. And so, and then she, when she was describing the warp and the weft, she was like doing this kind of thing with her hands, right? Where one was. <laughs> One was horizontal, one was, one was horizontal, one was perpendicular, and she was, like, weaving her yeah. fingers together, right? And you think about, you know, a pot holder or a basket, right? And, like, we still have woven fabrics. I'm wearing uh, some leggings right now that I guarantee I can see the little riveted, right? But things are finely woven, typically, with such fine pieces of string and not yarn that it's not as easy to see. And so um, I just want to kind of just put that terminology together for a visual for listeners if they're like, wait, oh, I don't yeah. know these terms, right? Because, um, because it's great because like you said, this is ancient. And I feel like that's part of the great energy of weavers like yourself, that you're so connected to that. You're so dialed into it, you know? I feel like you're you're channeling the old weavers, right? Channeling. I love it. That's exactly I mean, it. That's exactly and it, it comes from, you know, I, and I think that people saw this because spiders weave. We look at the spider web and it was like, oh, well, how can I make things do that, right? Like, and so before there was any other form of sewing, it was just weaving things together and seeing the strength in them based on a spider's web, (laughs) 
right? Right. People From miss nature. around yeah. us. Yeah. It's really cool stuff. I just think this stuff is so cool. Listeners, you are listening to our interview with Chris Acton, our local weaver on WVLP 103.1 FM in Valparaiso, Indiana. Our show, Tune In, is underwritten in part by Kiki Productions, Inc. Communications Coaching, teaching exercises to help you cycle out of fight or flight in the moment. With a mission to create individual harmony to add peace to the world, Kiki Productions, Inc.'s philosophy is... When you are confident, focused, and authentic with your message, you are a magnet to those you wish to attract. Share the love at CoachKiki.com. <laughs> I like it. She's nodding, that. right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I like it too, but I'm a little biased. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're talking about weeding. And, and if, you know, if you are somebody who listens to the show on a regular basis, then you know we bring, we talk about the mindfulness aspect of so many different pieces of life. I like to call it mini mindfulness sometimes because it's like, how can I be intentional? How can I be fully present? You know, mindfulness can be described as being aware of everything and certain of nothing to quote, you know, one expert we love to quote, right? Um, I love that aware of everything, certain of nothing. And I feel like, gosh, when you're at the loom, that's probably exactly where you where you start, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think um, one of the things that's really uh, unique, well, interesting about weaving too, is that I need no electricity. Like if I was joking, the power goes out, I can still work. You can make all our clothes in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly right. I'll move near a window and it's fine. Yeah. But it is a completely manual process. And I think what's so interesting about that is that you can take then great pride in the fact that you did it all. I I mean, when I I go to events, I always bring a loom for demonstration purposes to show folks that I am weaving it one yarn at a time. Yeah. There's no, there's no cheating. There's no, there's no jumping ahead. You, you work through it. Yeah. And so there is certainly a kind of, um, well, there's, there's a lot of mindfulness yes. uh, kind of um, components to it. Um, but, but the fact that it is all manual, you're always working with your hands. Um, I, I think the other big thing too, is that of course, weaving is slow. There is no, like I said, there's, there's no speeding up the process. Okay. So there are times when it may take me upwards of eight to 10 hours just to set up the loom. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. And you don't do oh, that in yeah. one sitting typically, right? Oh, no. <laughs> so, and that requires even more patience because then you're doing this long process for days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the quickest I ever really get is for a while when I was doing, um, uh, art fairs, like one after the other after the other mm. i could set up my table loom in about three hours that's about as fast as i ever oh jeez. So, <laughs> yeah so so if you think it's a minimum of three yeah. hours and this is the quote portable version right yeah right exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly i have uh i have two looms i have one my table loom that i mentioned is a 15 inch that refers to how wide it is so i can make fabric that's that width okay and then of course you make it as long as you want and and I'll say it's portable. It's it's clunky though. Like mm. there's like it doesn't like um, like zip together, and it's not easily uh-huh. portable. But it is portable. It's light enough okay. that you can carry it from one place to another. You can put it in a closet if you want to tuck it away, that kind of thing. But then there's the floor loom that is a 36 inch. So it is I can make fabric that's you know a, yeah. a yard wide and then as long from there and that's not even a very big loom looms can be yeah 45 inch 60 inch wide it's 
they can really be it can and take up heavy. a whole room yeah well so i can say that that loom room right that i saw with my, yeah, loom my own, right, right. The loom room and it was it was gorgeous it was definitely the probably i would say one of the biggest rooms in their entire house which was a nice sized house as you can imagine if they have a whole room dedicated to the loom right <laughs> there was a, it was a very big house that had been a big um room that had been custom built for that and it took up the center and it was on display right it was really cool you would love it yeah, yeah. well looms are beautiful pieces yeah. that is for sure there's um uh, I, I, I do a little uh, YouTube channel, and one of the things I started is I have a spot where people can give me their loom stories. Oh, because nice. what I've discovered is that it's not usually so straightforward. You don't just like, I want a loom, I bought a loom, the end. It's, it doesn't go like that. Uh, for instance, my loom story for my table loom is that I bought my floor loom first. So I had the big one, which is not going to move. It's not going okay. anywhere, not, not gracefully. And so I was going to do a trunk show over at Lifestyles in Papo by you. Okay. And, um, and she, as we were talking about it, she asked if I could do a demonstration. I was like, well, I don't have my own loom, but I'm part of the June Lynn Weaver's Guild. And I'm sure there's someone there that I could borrow a loom from. So I borrowed a loom from Margaret Jones, who has many, 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 many looms. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. And I borrowed this loom from her. And I swear this sucker looked like a little Barbie doll loom. It was like oh, wow. a nine inch. It was adorable. It was the cutest <laughs> thing you have ever seen. And I did a demonstration for the two days of the trunk show, let's say, two or three days. And I couldn't believe the response. People mm-hmm. were fascinated. They had no idea what I was doing. It was really this like eye-opening yes. moment for me. And Immediately after that, I had to go get my own. First of all, I begged Margaret to sell me her loom. And okay. Not a blame her because yeah. the loom is fantastic. But then I immediately went out and got my own. Yeah. And that has really become part of my kind of core mission is not only to weave interesting things, but to educate in a whole variety of ways what what it looks like to to do some weaving. And also kind of to spread the word that you interact with woven things Every day, your sheets are yes. woven, your towels are woven, right. your blue jeans are woven. Yes. I mean, I mean, these days we have a lot of things that are knit, which is a different process. Yeah. But if you're wearing khakis, they are woven. Yeah. Like, there's all these, all these things. You know, Our the, towels, the, right? The, I mean, so many products at home. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Your curtains, the yes. the fabric, the upholstery on in your car. I mean, all of these things are all. You know, you're interacting with this. Yeah ancient process in a million ways every single day well you know and so i have to say to people who might be kind of um feeling the anxiety of like the continuous breaks in the supply chain right now right like i'm like i've got to actually go drive somewhere to a specialty store to get cat food for my little old cat because the stuff i typically order on amazon just didn't come for a month and there's no tracking for it and i'm just like okay i'd like a refund i gotta go make the effort again right and this is you know again this is a first world problem but you know um but still it's that thing where when we start to play the tape out then it's like oh my gosh, what happens if, right? What happens if all this stuff that we're so dependent on goes away and then we're all, <laughs> this is why we scramble for toilet paper, right, Chris? Like, it's like, no, no, I'm still civilized. Give me the toilet paper, right? Like, <laughs> like we're worried about that. We're worried about that breakdown. And so, yeah. you know, if that, 
I think this is why we saw, like, we, jo- we were joking about this last time we talked too. everybody with a sourdough starter, right, during the quarantine, <laughs> right? Like, let's get back to making things. That's because we do need to make sure we don't lose these things. And if we're paying attention to, like, okay, our curtains, how does all this work again? How does this work? Who are the people who have been keeping these traditions going? How do we do this? Because who knows? I don't know. It's who good knows? to know. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, and what I've discovered for me personally is that weaving can look like a million different things. Yeah. I mean, it can be something really kind of um, raw and organic. You'll see a, a lot of these um, folks have really gotten into making wahanes, woven yes, wahanes yes, now. Yes, yes, it's big again, macrame. Because oh I just take, yeah, <laughs> I feel like a little kid. <laughs> it can look like that, or it can look like, um, you know, like one of those really fine, you see these scarves that are, yes. they're hand woven, but they're ridiculous. They're so yes. soft and they drape and they're hand painted. And I mean, there's such a, a huge gamut of what weaving can look like. And for me, part of it is the materials that you can use too. Like yes. I have a whole part of my business where I love to incorporate recycled materials, which of course is, I love that we as a society are more and more concerned about that, yes. that we're, paying attention to how do we repurpose, how do we recycle, how we reuse. And with weaving, weaving is a natural um, vehicle for for repurposing because as long as your warp yarns, the ones that have to be strong and under tension, Mm. as long as those are in place, you put whatever you want and go in the other direction. Your weft yarns, your weft material can be whatever you want. So it's really been so fun to kind of explore all those other options just because weaving is such a um, such a big there's such a big world of weaving there's so many options I think that just makes it that much more fun you can be that much more creative okay so and with mindfulness one of the biggest metaphors right is the tapestry Mm, and talk about like intricate sorry why can I say this word intricate hard word (laughs) yeah yeah intricate there you go hard word mouth is working intricate you know and beautiful and and art and lasting right i mean there are tapestries from every culture that go back so far and and they're so valuable because oftentimes they were what kept the stories of the culture right these images and these and these tapestries and and we can still do this right this is amazing so you know again like you said it can be like you know your practice you know wall hanging the <laughs> macrame and giant yarn that yeah. comes out or it can be like yeah. this amazing tapestry that several artists worked on together in a loom that who could imagine how big it was like right oh. like oh, crazy okay the size some of, of the castle yeah <laughs> just yeah. to make well, you know what i've i've worked on approximately let's see two maybe maybe three total tapestries in my oh. life oh. and the very first time i took a stab at it was I, I was at um, TLD where I learned because I did like I just tried all the things when I was with, Good. with Tammy and this tapestry loom she had was a floor sized we'll say imagine it was probably six foot tall by about I don't know four or five feet wide okay and and it had all these like you could tip it over and so I would sit on this like tiny little squat little stool yeah and the idea of tapestry is that you string everything tight your warp yarns are tight yes. but then you manipulate by hand you place everything else so that's why you can do pictures oh, okay. and words and symbols and all this kind of stuff yeah. it took me oh i don't even know how many months Keila. it was i figured out one day that when i was there for like three hours i could do about an inch 
Oh my goodness. That, that's about how much <gasps> oh progress my goodness, I can. The patience for that. Okay. So, oh, I, just have, I, I swear I'm going to do two hours of the show. Let me just tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were pretty good. You have to be a little, a little bit nuts. That's so, true. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I've got, oh, I have so many questions for you. Right. We're halfway through the show and I, I can't even begin to like, I can't even pronounce my <laughs> questions. All right. I want to hear about, these are the things I want to hear about. I want to hear if you okay. have ever done a tapestry with other weavers. Oh. Okay. I want to hear about okay. that experience if you have done that. I want to hear about okay. also the emotional arc that you go through when you're creating, right? All well, the things, especially a long one. So which one do you want to tackle first? <laughs> let's do the group project Okay, first. cool. Okay. <laughs> so uh, here's the answer. I have not done a tapestry with a group, but I have done a group weaving project. Okay. And it looks like this. So um, when I say um, like a historical coverlet, do you know, do, do you have an image? That I have no idea what that is. To... No. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, you've heard the word a coverlet, right? Like so a bedspread. Like bed like yeah. A, mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, think of those that are like two colors, probably like a white background with like navy blue, and okay. it has some kind of a repeating kind of pattern to it. Okay. Uh, um, it's it's with a style called overshot, and mm. overshot is actually unique to the United States. Okay. It was really developed in the Appalachian Mountains, like oh. think like Western North Carolina, like that okay. kind of area. Um, and I'm not sure exactly the whole history, how we came to be the people who really kind of brought that forward. But we, the Dillon Weavers Guild decided one year that we were going to do an overshot kind, kind of a round robin. Think of it that oh, way. Cool. So here was the way it went. I think there were probably nine or 10 of us that all participated and we each picked a pattern that was different. So we, we all had our own pattern and then we all picked a yarn. Like mine was green because it's my favorite color. So I picked a green yarn and then let's say there's 10 of us so then i made nine little packets of my green yarn and distributed it to everybody else okay so so then what happens was i wove my pattern 10 times the same pattern with different yarns and when it was done then i cut out the squares and everyone got a square okay in their yarn in my pattern so so i ended up with 10 green squares all with different patterns well that's interesting very cool very cool the concept being then is that you then have squares to put together yeah you know a quilt coverlet whatever okay you want to use so it have for. you done that part yeah. too are you still what's that have you done that part too is it finished <laughs> no <laughs> she laughs right okay i did this project so long ago Keila, and i haven't even <laughs> i keep thinking but I that's also right but i mean okay so that's interesting too because um Oh man, right now I'm in like, this is like a whole mom thing, right? So uh, this is a world that you are (laughs) blessed to not be part of, but it's also, it it derives from the business world. So you, you've been part, you've been part of this, right? The the concept of like a command center, the family command center, and you have like this bulletin board in your kitchen, which I think moms throughout history have done this, right? Like here's, you know, the family schedule and like, it's a calendar and like, you know, this kid's activities are in this color and blah, blah, blah. Right. But nowadays, oh my goodness girl you should just google it on pinterest and you should see you should see i guess you don't google on pinterest but you know you should look it up on pinterest and you should see how how next level these family command centers are right and so it's out of control and all the things you can do with just even like the business of making your family calendar you know like it's insane i'm doing this right now and so you know it's the same thing it's the the pattern of life right and you you want to get this perfect pen worthy you know like picture of like everything's done but 
that's not how it's working. You know, like you might yeah. get the picture taken if you stage it. <laughs> In the meantime, I mean, I literally was putting up my command center last night and I woke up this morning and like three things had fallen off the wall because I didn't have them <laughs> stuck right. And I was like, okay, this is going off on the right foot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So, so Chris, no judgment here. Let me just say that, right? <laughs> this is how life works. This is how life plays out, right? It's always, you know, my, my son, my five-year-old asked me um, just last week, he said, is there ever a time when you have like no laundry to do? And I said, that is a really good question and a great life lesson. There is never a time when you have no laundry to do unless you wash your clothes naked. And then for 10 minutes, you have all clean clothes. And he was like, yeah, it was great. You're right. I was like, you just have to accept that there are always pieces of laundry in the basket. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, and what I found is that even though I haven't actually put it together it doesn't take away from what the experience was like i mean yeah. that when we got together and exchanged squares it was like oh, the so coolest cool. moment because each one you're looking at your yarn and yeah. someone else had taken the time to do a different pattern but it is just yeah. it's very cool well you know because here's a question too so i mean you know these people you're in the guild together you share work a lot and um i know you guys support each other in all kinds of ways <clears throat> i think i know a couple other people who are in the guild right and so I do. yeah i think i do and um and uh I bet you can see personalities of each weaver in there, can't you? Tell me about that for a second, then we'll move into the emotional stuff. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think, well, like I said, because weaving is such a big and vast category even, what I find is that there are folks that will always use purple. There are folks that will always use a very fine yarn. There will people, I mean, you you can really, it's exactly right. You can see their personality in their work you can tell what they care about what they're interested in okay just because you start to see what they're drawn to what are they there's some folks that always use hand-dyed yarn which in this case doesn't necessarily mean just that you took some yarn and you dyed it one color Uh, what you can do what people do i'm not a dyer myself (laughs) okay i have supported them yeah is that you lay out your entire uh, your entire grouping of warp yards, and then you hand paint it, so it might like Ooh. change colors as you oh, go, yeah. which creates this beautiful kind of ombre effect. Okay, yeah. It's done. There are some weavers that pretty much only use okay. that yeah. yard, so right. you definitely can tell the personality and 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 what they value. That really yes, that's interesting too because right, yeah. Oh, I love that. So you see their style and their personality and their values, which is super cool. Listeners, you are listening to our conversation with our weaver locally here in Valparaiso, Chris Acton, on TuneIn Radio for your mind, body, and soul. I am your host, Keila Parkinson, and our show airs at WVLP 103.1 FM in Valparaiso, Indiana. We stream live around the world at WVLP.org, and you can also find the show and the station on the TuneIn app. That should be easy to remember. (laughs) Our show is underwritten in part by Unity of Northwest Indiana, currently developing the premier center for spiritual growth and education in NWI with meditation walks, retreat house events, and even more to come. Learn more and support the growing movement at unitynwi.org. Okay, so I did also say if you if you are a podcast listener, you can find us at anchor.fm slash tune in mindful radio and uh, subscribe to the show. Uh, we typically drop on Friday mornings and I was just telling Chris I might be moving that to Mondays according to stats and trends and whatever. And, you know, if uh, if you have a time when you like to get your podcast then you can reach out to me and let me know. <laughs> How's that sound? <laughs> 
people. Yes, like podcast for the people. Um, and my joke, which I have said on the show before, is that we are a we are a drop in the ocean of mindfulness podcasts. <laughs> but we make like our it. ripple effect right here in Northwest Indiana. So, and you know what? That's a little bit like a tapestry metaphor too, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, for sure. I know you talked about the whole kind of emotional kind of roller coaster that goes with it. And I think what's part of why weaving is attractive to me is that there's so many different elements to it. Because when you start, you have to plan the project, which is very, it's all about the numbers. It's really, there's a lot of math. You don't have to love the math. Okay. There's a lot of math. Okay. Yes. So, so kids, if you're wondering how you'll use yes. that solving for X, here is the answer. <laughs> if you become a weaver, you oh solve boy! For all so it's not time. just simple math either. <laughs> no, no. Not all of it. So, in the beginning of the process, then you have to think about the logistics, and and part of that, a lot of that, just comes with experience, knowing how much, how many inches you need to add to get the result that you want. For instance. I am doing a project right now, and I want to end up with about 48 inches on my loom. Well, for me to end up with about that much space and a little extra on the loom, I have to have a little over 100 inches to begin with. Okay. Because you have, there's uh, there's so many different kind of areas that you're going to have knots that you can't reuse. And there's all these little things that you think mm. about. So as you plan a project in the beginning, there's just all these kind of little details to take into mind. And are you going to wash it? Is it going to shrink? There's all those kind of factors. So when you start, it's very kind of left brain. It's very detail oriented, methodical. And pretty much once the planning is done, the actual steps you take between deciding what you're going to do and weaving is called dressing the loom. It's called dressing the loom. Okay. And as you go through those parts, that's really where the mindfulness comes in because Mm. you may have two hours of sitting at the loom threading they're called heddles and you're just putting okay. one yarn through each eye for two hours okay so you might as well be in the moment and enjoy yes. it because it's going to take you a while it's so, very repetitive so then as you get to the weaving part that's really when at least for me i like to make sure i'm allowing some real time for creativity i, I tend to be someone who likes to play a lot at the loom and make sure that I have inches of yarn where there's no plan because weaving is can be so structured and left brain I like to make sure there's times when I can randomly reach up to the shelf and be like whatever yarn I grab that's gonna be the one that goes in next I like to just toss things in and see what happens because you never know what you discover from there yeah that's really cool okay so that's part of the whole like the sides of the brain that you use and you know um being able to throw that creativity in and and then the patience and then like i like okay so i the emotional part of it do you yourself ever have these times where you're like i'm so impatient i'm frustrated this isn't what i wanted and if you do how do you manage that okay so this Uh, you don't have the same perfectionist challenge i do i'm seeing you go like eh, you know like with your body language and i'm like okay girl i should not be a weaver all right (laughs) No. Well, okay, here's what you should know. I, I I learned this phrase a long time ago from my mm. friend Laura, and she says, "Hi, my name's Chris. I'm a recovering perfectionist." Yes, amen. <laughs> I am I am working on that recovery process. Okay. Let's just be honest. Right. Okay. <laughs> yes. uh, well, here's here is part of what's fascinating uh, about weaving is that in a lot of cases you don't know until it's off the loom and finished. There are times when you can see it coming. There, okay. there are times, but 
uh, like it doesn't uh, tighten enough or something or is that what you mean yeah, kind of okay or the colors don't quite work now mm. you can there are times when you put that's it in hard colors, to undo like, yeah that is not no that that <laughs> that's not gonna work right there and you can take it right but out with time right <laughs> with time yes, you can. and uh, uh here's what i've learned um from selling my work and and other things is just that what i think is crap someone else is gonna think is the best yeah, thing ever true very true so so there is something to that. Now, I have also learned just from many years of experience now that I I have come to a place where I'm confident enough that I can fix it. If okay. something starts to look weird, I I have enough of a sense now that I can add a little bit of a different color okay. to change it. And I also, one of my tricks is I like to throw multiple colors together. So so it's kind of like pointillism, that kind Ooh, of idea. You know, you know, yeah, like, I do, art, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, tell listeners so, though pointillism for yeah, listeners who yeah, aren't familiar. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 concept of pointillism is uh, I think it comes from the painters. I have no idea. Yeah, what imp- I know imp- impressionist painters were big on using it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There okay. you go. Yeah. Impressionist painters. Thank you, Keila. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. So, Good. Yay! The perfectionist so, is happy again. <laughs> Sorry. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She's back in. Yeah. Back in the game. So the idea is that let's say you only have six colors to work with, and you don't have purple. So you put a blue dot next to a red dot and you step back and your eye says, hey, that's purple. Right, right. That is the concept of pointillism. Is that you have these solid colors that your eye will automatically blend. Well, weaving yarns are typically solid colors. So so much of my job is to anticipate how your eye is going to interpret this. So, So what I've learned is that if I'm putting something in the loom and and the and the weft yarn and the shuttle, if, if it's just too dark, I will add a very, very tiny light gray yarn ah. and your eye will lighten it up. Oh, good. Or we love that. If, it's, if it's just a little too yellow and I want it to read a little more green, I will put in a little bit of a dark gray. You know, yes. I, I, play with, I play with the combination of yarns like a painter would play with hmm. the solid colors. Same idea. And that explains how color theory was sort of like your entree into this whole art then. I love that. That's so very cool. Love that. Okay. All right. So we're coming down to like our last kind of quarter here of the show. I'm about ready to take another station identification break, but I know, can you believe it? Um, so, (laughs) but you know, I really, I know that you have, um, you're participating this month of October, um, which our show is airing like the final week of September, I believe. And so this month of October, you're going to be participating in, is it a local project, the October weave along, or is that a national event? It is my, it is, this is my shindig. It's yours. Cool. Very cool. So, so you're right. you're creating this wonderful extravaganza for artists. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. So so here's how the weave along idea started. Uh, like you mentioned, every Thursday morning I do live in the loom, yeah. which is about half an hour from nine thirty to ten on a Thursday morning. And uh, it's been over a year now, and I've developed this like great like core crew that shows up on Thursday mornings. And so let's see, back in, we'll say early May, I was doing a lace project, which the group had voted on because at a certain point, what I like to do is be like, okay, do you want to do summer and winter or lace? Like I'll give them two options and they can choose okay. what pattern I do next. So I'm talking to the folks and I said, what kind of projects are you working on? Is anyone else doing a lace project with me? And then I was like, okay, wait, wouldn't that be fun if yeah. we all did the same pattern together? And the response was crazy. I mean, the response from like all eight people watching. This is not like I have a huge audience at this point. That's great but, though. 
But I thought, well, wouldn't that be a cool way to bring a sense of community to, yeah. like, like you said, we were just solitary people. So yeah. wouldn't that be fun to do this? So I threw it together, which is not my normal MO. This okay. is very stressful because I don't like to throw things together. But I tossed together the idea of, in this case, it was the June Weave Along was the first one. Okay. And the idea is there's, there's only two guidelines. We start and finish a project during the month of June. That's okay. what I did back then. For okay. now, it's October. Yes. And we all use the same pattern. Yes. So, so during that time, then I set up a Facebook group that went with, and I invited people to join in, and we kind of worked on our projects together, all using the same pattern. So, fast forward a few months, I knew I wanted to try it again, because it was a very nice success, and people had a great response to it. So, okay. I knew I wanted to do it for October. So, for the month of October, we're all going to be doing a specific kind of twill, which if you look at your blue jeans, your blue jeans are always with a twill. Okay. It has a little diagonal in there. That's how you oh, identify it. Interesting. And uh, and we're all doing a project in the month of October. So it's just this really fun, it's just a way to connect us because then we're talking a similar language. I, I love specifically working with beginning weavers. So I try to make sure that everything is in small, manageable, bite-sized pieces that... Okay. As long as you have a, a loom, a, a multi-shaft loom is better, but you can work with a, a rigid heddle as a kind of a simpler version, which is a fabulous kind of loom. But uh, as long as you have like a loom to start with, I can get you there. So uh, so the idea then is that, I, and I don't give a lot of instruction, but I'm there to help for anyone who needs some extra assistance. Okay. And one of the nice kind of perks this time around is I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we had an actual kit? So for folks that don't want to make up their own projects, I have a, um, an actual kit where you can do my project, which is just kind of a fun. How awesome. take, some of the, take some of the stress out then. You don't have to worry about that. I'll give you the kit and instructions. Okay. And then you can just get to the fun part. You can just weave with Oh, that's great. That's very cool. And yeah. I'm seeing you as like the Bob Ross of weaving. <laughs> yes, please. You're like, you like that? I like, I like it a lot. Yarn. Yeah. We'll happy do it. Happy yarns. And then like, yeah. <laughs> No mistakes, right? I love it. I love it. Listeners, you are listening to Tune In Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul. I am your host on WVLP 103.1 FM. Our show is underwritten in part by Kiki Productions, Inc. Communications Coaching, teaching exercises to help you cycle out of fight or flight in the moment. With a mission to create individual harmony to add peace to the world, Kiki Productions, Inc.'s philosophy is when you are confident, focused, and authentic with your message, you are a magnet to those you wish to attract. Share the love at CoachKiki.com. So check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash tune in mindful radio. And also go to your favorite app. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple podcasts, we're on a number of different places and you can find tune in. And it's helpful if you put that colon there and start with radio because there's a lot of other not mindfulness podcasts with tune in in the title. Tune in is radio for your mind, body and soul. And we are talking today, as you know, with Chris Acton, who is a weaver. It's so fun to have you here and to be, I, you know, your energy is just so amazing. I love it. And again, tapestry of life, right? I said, I'm going to title this show, um, Weaving the Dream with Chris Acton, because I just I love, love it. it. Yeah. So good. Um, you're excited about what you do. You do something that is very um, with our hands, right? Very, very time consuming, um, takes a lot of patience, also can be very lasting. These materials can last for so, so long and they get handed down through generations. We have the styles of weaving, right? Are so specific and, and endearing. And I just love that too. Um, so all these things I think are really, really great 
standing examples of being present, being mindful, putting intention into what we're doing. I, I have told the story before. I, we all have like that, you know, great, aunt, great aunt who does the wonderful cooking and everyone, you know, she, her joke is that like, why is it so good? Because I put a little pinch of love in all of it. Well, what that means okay. is making it with joy and knowing that people are going to love it. Right. And like, we also know, like, that energy is effective. It affects us. It's yeah. impactful. And so um, when Chris is at the loom, when she's live at the loom, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. Um, so and I also, I, I, I'm going to give you space to like if there's anything we haven't addressed that you want to. But I still want to ask you more about like, did everybody finish the June weave along? You know what? Okay, so I'm glad you asked that. Because <laughs> the perfectionist so, in me too is like, and if I don't finish, well, then I might as well quit, not do it again. Okay. <laughs> My mind, All right. <laughs> you know what? I so so uh, one of the things that I did then is that in the Facebook group, I encourage people to put pictures of their progress and their finished product. So I pulled all the pictures together. Didn't matter if they were finished or not, and I had like a little gallery show then at the very, very cool. end. And part of, part of what I try to always impress upon anyone, especially someone who's learning to weave. Okay, weaving can be intense. Yes. We have weavers that are very much like, this is the right way, this uh, is the wrong way. I mean, right. there's a lot of that, I feel like, going on. And I'm the person who's like, oh, forget all that. I mean, Yay. there's certain things <laughs> you need to do so it holds together. But yes. this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. This is supposed to be, this is supposed to give you joy and give you an outlet for your creativity so I was very much like here's the deal folks I'm going to give you a framework for the month if you want to follow along and finish your projects yeah however if life gets in the way there is no weaving police coming to get you yes. there is no one monitoring your progress you finish or not when yeah. you want to this is like you know life is too stressful as it is this is yeah. not meant to add to it this is meant to bring a sense of community and you can just watch if you want. And there's no, it's, it, it's, it's pretty loosey goosey, but, but I did have some folks that had some really great experience. I had mm. this one woman and it was the first time she'd ever actually woven. And I was oh, cool. so like stunned Yeah, I, and she did a great job. It Very was cool. amazing what she did. And she's like, I'm going to do this again. I mean, yeah, she was right? much like, I'm in it now. I love this. She found so, her zone. So some of those, I think, the minute for me, the minute you get that kind of feedback, you're like, okay, I need to make sure I'm creating more spaces for this kind of magic to happen for other people. Yeah. I think that's just because I know I've always said weaving is magical. For me, it's always been had that kind of effect on my life. And I I feel like if there's any little gift I can give someone else who's interested in this kind of art form, that that's totally worth it then. Okay, I love that. See, this is why you are the weaver for tune in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because you are the Bob Ross of weaving, right? Yes, you are. You are. Because this is this is it, right? Um, you know, there are so many different ways to attack life and approach life, right? There are so many different ways to to have our perspectives. And I think that sometimes in society, okay, I'm gonna soapbox a little bit for a second, so apologies up front. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> sometimes in society, right, we have this 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 tendency to say, this system is all wrong, this organization is all wrong, da, 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 because bad things happened in it, right? And it's like, hold up. Bad things can happen anywhere, first of all, right? I'm not saying sometimes there aren't and more. They do. they do. And they absolutely do happen everywhere because that's part of life, right? 
<laughs> and by no means am I saying like there aren't certain organizations that might need to be torn down because they have just been supporting the wrong, right? And so that needs to be undone. But really it's about different individuals and the way they take their perspectives and the way they take those to others, right? And so you're like, weaving can be intense, right? Of course it can, right? Of course it can. I'm all like, I'd be a perfectionist. We're the perfectionists, right? Like, And you're like, this is fun. Let's have fun. And also I'm patient. And I'm just like, you're amazing. Can you like rub your genie magic on me? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. This is so fun. Okay. So we do have about 10 minutes left and I would love to know, Chris, like, what are some things that you really want people to know about weaving in general, about like if they're beginning weavers or again about that weaving as a metaphor for the tapestry of life? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I firmly believe everyone can be a weaver, partly because there's so many different facets to it. Um, if you are someone who, uh, it, it, no matter what you're interested in, I think there's some kind of form of weaving part of what's so cool is that as you're looking around the world you have folks that don't really have a loom they're just attaching um a stick to their belt and they're putting a weight on the other side and they're weaving mm. from there i mean there's it's, wow. it's crazy That's cool. kind of yeah the if you look around the world weaving is such a it's, it's a very big deal around the world mm. not as much in the united states yeah. but um but i think but i think weaving if you ever get a chance to try it even if it's just a sit at a loom and toss a shuttle there's there's something there's something magic about about stomping your foot on a on a mm. treadle on the pedal below and then just throwing a shuttle back and forth. It's talk about meditative. I mean, that's yes. really once you get into the groove of you just see the pattern unfold in front of you. It's it's really it's really you, you kind of feel that moment when you're like, OK, I'm in tune with the universe. Oh, I love you know? that. It's all, <clears throat> yeah. we're, we're all working together there. It's, and it's flow focused. You're even like the gesture you were doing for it. She was putting like a flow hand focus. up and a I hand like down, that. right? It's, and it's flow focused. That's right. You know, athletes get it, artists get it, and like musicians get it, right? And you're, and dancers, obviously, right? And you're doing that right there at the loom. And I love that your flow focus happens with this instrument too, your big old loom. I think that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I would certainly, if I can um, toss it out there, this. Uh, Saturday, I am doing a weaving presentation and demonstration oh, cool. over at Three Moons Fiberworks in Chesterton, and it's very cool. It's I'm the I'm the second part in a in a three part series. Uh, Susan Atwell, who's a friend of mine, is uh, received a grant through the Indiana Arts Commission to do this. This is kind of her community engagement portion, mm. and the whole series is called From Animal to Art. And Ooh, so the first part that she did was all about how do you how do you get the fiber from the animal and process it and spin it. Okay. And then my portion next will be about the weaving parts. Um, doing the weaving, I'll be doing a little presentation, demonstration. I'll have samples, all that kind of good stuff. And then uh, and then Susan will wrap things up. I think it's in a couple weeks when her part three is. And she'll talk about uh, the finishing and, and felting and some of those kind oh, of cool. kind of finishing tactics too that you can do with the fiber. So um, it's it's very cool. I, I think what's so interesting is that these days the average person walking on the street has never seen a weaver. So mm. I think that becomes so much part of my mission is just to get in front of people and be like, this is what it looks like, and here's yeah. what I'm doing, and here's how it ties in to your life. Okay, so tell us the name of that again, and also what time it's happening on Saturday. Yeah. The oh, yeah. um, what is that? The it's first October first, um, October second, second this Saturday okay. at one p.m. at 
Three Moons Fiberworks, it's called. And the event is called From Animal to Art. And it's a free event, but we're asking folks to register just okay. so we know how to plan ahead of time. And it'll be uh, no longer than an hour. I tend okay. to be, uh, I'm not real long-winded when it comes to that. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, here we are, let's do the fun stuff, and then let's move on with our day. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do they go to register? Uh, they can go to the Three Moons Fiberworks website. It's all, it'll be under events. Okay, right very there. good. You know what? You can also find information on um, uh, Acting Creative, the Facebook page there. Um, you can also find details. Uh, actingcreative.net is my website for any details about the October We Belong. All okay, good. good stuff. Love it. And there's um, all kinds of things. You can just pop in. Anyone can pop in Thursday mornings and uh, say hi live at the Loom at 930. So that's another way that you can... Can they access that through your website, Chris, or do they also need to connect with you on Facebook for that? Uh, I think because it's through my acting creative page, yeah. I think Perfect. anybody can just, I don't think you have to have any kind of special permission. There's no <laughs> magic knock. There's Very no good. Oh, good. Okay. No secret handshake for weavers only. Okay. And so I'm just going to reiterate that website for people because I highly recommend that you get a great dose of this live at the loom. And so it is Acton, A-C-T-O-N, which is Chris's last name again, and creative, uh, dot net. So very right. good. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Okay, so um that's the best way to get a hold of you. <clears throat> what it are is. what are some parting words of wisdom that you have this is what I really want to know. What is something you yes. have taken from this lifestyle you have fully embraced of being uh-huh. a weaver and making it how uh-huh. you make your living, making it how you connect with the world primarily, mm-hmm. although of course in many other ways. <clears throat> what are some major lessons you've taken from that that have created a big shift in the way you relate to people? Well, that's a good question. Okay. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me that has really kind of um, become one of the core parts is that it's important to make something. Mm. It is. It doesn't yeah. have to be something with your hands. Uh, it doesn't have to be. It, it, it is important, though, to stretch those creative muscles and to, even if it means you're making a schedule, making, organizing, <laughs> whatever your strength is, yeah. uh, I think it's important to to use that creativity and give yourself that permission and and for a minute be like there's no rules and i'm just going to listen to the inner voice and i'm going to make what i'm going to make and that's going to be enough because it doesn't have to be for other people it doesn't it can be of course i mean my job a lot of my job is then making items that will sell for something else you know whether it's a class or a handwoven item but but there are times when I'm like, this is just my time. This is, and that's important to have those yeah. moments when you are just, just letting, letting your intuition guide you. And, mm-hmm. and no matter what, even if it seems crazy, just to <laughs> follow that little inner voice and, and let her talk to you because mm-hmm. we tend to ignore her for a lot of the time. And that's not so healthy. Ooh, I so, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Especially something. for introverts, right? Yeah. yeah. Make something. Okay. On our show, a lot of times I think, you know, we talk about mindfulness and a lot of people automatically think that mindfulness is just meditation, right? Just like disconnecting, just uh, going within, just uh, for me, it's going and sitting in the dark in a float room, sensory deprivation tank, right? <laughs> so wow. love that so much. Yes. <clears throat> um, making something, leaving something to last, connecting with others in this way, right? Um, and, and having something to gift, at, you know, these are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful insights. Thank you, Chris Acton, for being our guest. I hope you'll come back anytime. Listeners. Uh, You say the word. Yay. Very good. Thank you so much for your time today as well. And we will see you later, meditators.